What's good, everybody? What's good? Come on in the room. Give everybody a little time to, to check things out, get everything situated, get your drinks, get your um, whatever it is you enjoy. Let me check this uh, sound, make sure we good, crystal clear. For the stream, for the culture. How y'all doing out there? Uh, 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 it's me, Fawcett Media. We out here. Out here indeed. And we about to cover this Kanye West. Artist, artist formerly known as Kanye West. Yay. Um, on Drink Champs today. Well, not today, but um, the day before yesterday or yesterday something like that i think i think it was actually uh yesterday technically because it came up in the middle of the night come on in come on in everybody i'm checking the levels right now trying to make sure we crystal clear and in full hd sound you get it you dig let's see uh Oh, maybe I can check it actually on here. Mm -mm -mm. How y'all doing out there? Chat, what's good? All the people that's coming up in the chat. What's good? Let me put this banner up for you so we know. That's follow me, Fawcett Media, on IG, Twitter. Join the Fawcett Media Patreon at patreon.com, Fawcett Media forward slash. I should also put in the cash app, too. I have a cash app that is also Fawcett Media. Let's uh, see if we can update that. Dollar sign, Fawcett Media. That's where we at. Any uh, contributions will be much obliged. We're going to get started on this. Looks like uh, sooner than later. Got too many earphones right now. All right, save. Show. It's interesting because I want to make sure that we, oh, there it goes. If I do that, then do that, I think I'll be Gucci to move on here. We're here. All right, there it is. Whole time I've been trying to get this. Boom. We're good. So we're going to get started on the topic. Kanye West. Yay. The artist formerly known as Kanye West was on the Drink Champs this week. 
the Drink Champs is a podcast. Uh, this is our guy right here. Let's see if we got that in. This is a guy, Kanye West. Or Ye. He's known as the artist known as Ye. Um, formerly known as Kanye West. Uh, this is GQ article that um, kind of recaps the whole thing. The um, Yeah. It was a lot to cover in this uh this interview, and I think it'll be deep. And I'd like to hear what you all think about it too, because um man, our man Kanye really covered some stuff here. He really got to some interesting places, and um I think it was a surprise for a lot of people. I think a lot of people that had either written him off or you know were fans and, and not necessarily knowing where he was, I think he got it now. He right there. He's in, he's having a moment, right? What do you say? Uh, I got on a group text with Drake, Jay Z, Kim Kardashian, and Virgil or somebody, and made sure to let them know that I had the most money. I had more money than all of them combined on the group chat. Now that's that's a different type of talk here, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with people who actually value money the way that that group of people probably does man yeah come on in everybody i see i see y'all coming up uh how y'all doing welcome welcome um yeah on the episode of drink champs the episodes of drink champs are almost always worth the watch this is written by grant render uh written Ridner. uh episodes of drink champs are always always worth the watch and the exorbitant runtime. So when the artist formerly known as Kanye West, now just Ye, after a recent name change, appeared on Nori's DJ and DJ EFN's podcast, November 4th. Okay, so it's November 4th. So that was actually two days ago. Okay. So I watched it in the middle of the night. I watched it live come up. Man, that thing, that, that whole thing went off, man. That whole interview was crazy for it to come up that late and have the views of that. I think it was like 180K in the chat at in the middle of the night when they dropped the episode, which I don't think it was 12 o'clock East Coast. Maybe it was 12 o'clock East Coast. So I'm out here on the West Coast and I, I was just watching it wrapped for the whole two, two, two minutes and 20, two hours and 20 minutes, man. But anyway, he appeared on the podcast November 4th. He nat naturally set the internet alight. Wes set the tone early, railing against the concept of home ownership and explaining his personal ethos of self-determination. That was an interesting point where he talked about he carries his home with himself. You know, his home is all his possessions that he has uh, currently, you know, all his possessions in his uh, bag, he said, you know, uh, he's so glad that the gangsters are wearing the Louis bags, now, the little fanny packs, uh, because now he can justify wearing it and keeping all of his personal effects in that one bag. So when you see Kanye, he's in his home, as he says, you know. Um, yeah, he uh, he said he thinks his whole existence is about not being out of control, but about being out of their control, which was interesting. Cause uh, he really got out of a lot of uh, a lot of the boxes that they put him in, um, and he spoke about that at length. You know, what I mean, like he was going there, he was going out there. 
So, um, yeah, being in control of yourself, he said. My home is just when my daughter FaceTimes me. That's when my home is. So not even in physical presence, but even in the virtual presence of his children, he feels is his home. And all these personal effects and belongings. You know, it's crazy that Kanye West, of all people, got to this level of success and material things. As materialistic as he's been, you know, because I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a long time since college dropout. And now he's gotten to a place where he's a billionaire. Uh, I believe the, the number he stated was either six to nine billion dollars worth. And uh, he's now gotten to a place where he says personal effects are not no longer important to him. I can live in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta while I'm planning my album, finishing my album, and doing the biggest concert in the world. He spoke about going to, uh, I believe, Italy or France. He was somewhere in Europe and um, coming there without any underwear. So he reaches out to the head of Balenciaga. You know, not only do they give him a place to stay <laughs> after he goes to a hotel and they almost say, oh, we're filled up for the night. And then he pulls down, pulls off that mask that he was wearing. He's like, yo, I'm Kanye. They came up with a room for him. But he talked about not having any underwear and contacting Balenciaga. They got him, uh, the head of Balenciaga got him a place to stay and uh, he was wearing Balenciaga underwear the whole time. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, are you uh, really suffering or is this, uh, you know, is this a self-inflicted thing? Uh, I see more people coming in. Welcome. Welcome in. Um, we're talking about Kanye West on the drink champs. Okay. Uh, he also talked about how he felt Drake instigated their bad blood and coupling that with uh, some signature imaginative claims about he's a Xerox printer, meaning he can see a dinosaur bone and build a dinosaur out of it mentally. Now, that was deep. When he got on that, it's like, that was some true artist shit. I mean, this channel, I like to be, I like to say we're a media channel, um, but you talk about the artistry that goes into making these media moments and that was just a beautiful turn of phrase, the dinosaur bone. He could see the bone and basically uh, make make that whole dinosaur out of that bone. <laughs> it's insane, man. Kanye, Kanye's thinking on a whole nother level, man. Um, yeah, I'm putting up the link too, guys. If anybody wants to chime in, got the link in the chat. Uh, just click that link and you can be on the show with me. We can have the conversation. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, he said some things about cancel culture as well. Uh, two and a half hour conversation is full of noteworthy tidbits, including uh, West vaccination status. He said he only got one of the shots, so he's half half-sinated, <laughs> which also made an interesting story about how he got into France. He had to go through another country and then ride a train up to get there because he wasn't his vaccination status wasn't um he wasn't fully vaxxed um which is making travel an interesting thing i think a lot of people are gonna eventually have to get it just because they want to go out of the country and go travel freely sometimes but um yeah half tenated 
I guess it's better than not not having not not fascinated, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's whatever your feeling is, man. Uh, he had a bunch of fa- fashion takes. He said, "Oh yeah, pretty much every significant figure in his orbit, from Kim Kardashian to Drake to Big Sean to Donald Trump, um, he had something to say about all of them." You know, Kanye said he would absolutely do a versus against Drake. Drake, he uh, opened up. Uh, about their fraught relationship. Now, I had had some inside, well, not inside information, but I had heard some information about, he's like, yo, the relationship between Drake and Kanye is different. And Kanye touched on that too. He was like, we're the biggest artists in the world. Are we really going to kill each other? You know, he Kanye felt some kind of way because Drake threatened him on Certified Lover Boy and actually said that, you know, he was going to put him on a Gildan t-shirt, you know, which... Kanye took offense to because, you know, of course, the fashion thing. <laughs> he probably was more mad about being on a Gildan, which is the cheapest, uh, you know, print on demand T-shirt you can get. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but Drake said, yeah, I'll put you on a T-shirt, basically. And Kanye w- did not take kindly to that. Um, but, yeah, their whole relationship, I, I think it was Pusher T said their relationship is weird because they're frenemies. You know, it's a lot of this competition that becomes like just them jockeying for position, and you know, with them being frenemies, it 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 basically, you know, it you can't really take them seriously on what they're saying. You know, like you can't take seriously the threats because they're in what they call what Kanye called professional rap. You know, professional rap makes it, it is one of the best descriptions of what it is that they do, the level that they play at. It's like a pro- professional athlete. You know, when you're a professional athlete, you have achieved a level of competition that's unmatched in some ways, you know, that, you know, uh, Mark Mark says, uh, What's up, Mark? How'd you feel about the Donda album after the interview? Oh, I love the Donda album before the interview. Now, I'm one of the rare people. Well, I'm not rare. I think Donda actually was more well-received than uh, what was the album before that? Uh, oh, Ye. I think it was Ye. It was the, uh, no, not Ye, but um, I love Kanye or whatever. What the hell was the name of that album with the mountain on the front? Anyway. I enjoyed that album and I enjoyed Donda uh, for different reasons, obviously, because the thing that's not said about Kanye enough is that Kanye changes his style every album almost. You know, when you get used to one Kanye, all of a sudden he flips it on you and he's always ahead of the curve. So a lot of times when people make judgments on what Kanye album is or I love the old Kanye Hold on, excuse me, it's a little loud out there. <laughs> but uh, they make judgments on what Kanye's music was prior to this point and don't realize that he's literally ch- creating the sound that's gonna come next or he's inspiring artists that are gonna end up making a sound that's like that. I do think there was parts of Donda where he actually did embrace, like say the drill sound or he embraced, um, the Southern flows that are kind of popping up. And he used all those artists on the album, which I thought was also just like 
genius. Like, you know, it was like a compilation album almost, you know. Um, I had heard some stuff from that album earlier, um, just through snippets. I think there was some leaks and the beats had come out. But, you know, ultimately, like, he made a whole nother project after that. And actually, I like one of the previous versions of um, of one of the songs better. I think it was Hurricane, actually. I like the previous version of Hurricane better. But the lyrics weren't there necessarily. The lyrics are now on this version with uh, Weekend and everything. So, But yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of the Weekend singing part of it. Because I think it was either a sample or like a maybe a... a just a vocalist that was on there on the song. And uh, I just think it was it it was better before. But I mean, hey, as a body of work, it grows on me. And and then in talking of the war that was going on at the time, Certified Lover Boy versus Donda, uh, I actually did enjoy Donda more. It had more replay value. Uh, and I always say Drake's albums are kind of uh you have to listen to them more than once uh, you have to ha live with them for a while before they actually really hit and he's also you know he's an innovator too you know I've, I've loved drake's work for a long time as well but i haven't been as fervent a fan of him as i have been of kanye just based on i don't know i, I like the underdog story of kanye you know when he came to rockefeller and he was not cool you know, he's from Chicago, first and foremost. Everybody else was from, you know, somewhere on the East Coast. And he just had a different bop. You know, he had a different uh, style, f fashion. You know, like, uh, people were really talking about him, but he was taking risks. And I think that's hard for artists to, to not conform. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it now. You had all them people just, like, wearing the baggiest, you know, you look at old pictures of Jay-Z and all the stuff. Kanye changed the silhouette. And I think that talks to his fashion genius. That's why he's where he is now with the stuff that he's doing with fashion and the Gap and Adidas and what he did at Nike and, like, inspiring Virgil at, you know, LVMH. You know, like, working with Virgil, he actually took some time off to go study how to be a a, a a fashion uh, designer, you know, like he's really committed to multiple disciplines. And I think that goes into another point that was brought up is that every time somebody called him a rapper, he said that it equaled them calling him a nigga. So basically it's like, I've achieved all these different things in all these different areas. I'm a billionaire now. But every time you refer to me in the media, you have to reduce me to just a rapper or a hip hop artist. And he, he takes it as a slight, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like what I say when I'm out here and, and for some reason, a lot of people, they think they're being polite, but they refer to me as a boss man or boss. And I'm like, well, first off, I'm not literally your boss. It just sounds like you're saying something that is derogatory because you, you, you're, you're elevating me with a tongue in cheek, you know? And I, I had kind of felt that before. And when I heard it 
firsthand. I was like, wait. I was like, ah, maybe I'm tripping. But I kept hearing it. And as a black man in America, you know when you're being called a nigga. You know when you're being called boy. The subtext beneath things. And so they'll come up and they'll say, oh, yeah, what's up, boss, man? What's up, boss? And I was just looking at the people who said it. It was consistently the same type of person. And I was like, and then I heard somebody say in jail, in the jail system out here in California, that that was something that was a derogatory term for black black people from particular groups. They'd be calling each other boss, and it was almost like fighting words. So I don't know. I don't let nobody call me boss. Just like Kanye says, I don't want you to call me a rapper. Because that's just reducing me. You know, that's making me uh, less than my genius that I am. And I will I will put it out there. I think Kanye is a genius, y'all. I think Kanye is absolutely a genius. And he works that way. Despite all the controversy. And I, I think it's funny, too, that a lot of people who are now back on board with Kanye, post-Trump. You know what I mean? Like, they've all kind of given up that whole... You know, they were like, well, Kanye's out there. He's just out there being a MAGA supporter. He's this, he's that. And now you see him come back. Because once them pockets started lining up, all of a sudden Kanye started making more sense to a lot of people. Now, that's despite any of his, you know, actual issues um, that have to do with maybe a bipolar or uh, some, some type of uh, disorder that he might have. Um, because he talked about that. Um, let me find out the name of this damn album because it's going to bother me. It was because um, he also had those gospel albums in between, too. The gospel album, I thought, was uh, really good as well. Let's see what Mark says, too, while we're, while we're at it. Um, he says, I feel like you can tell what year Drake's album came out by the features. Same flow to me on most of his albums. That's funny. Um, Drake's flow does change, but um, there is a lot of similarity. Um, he has he has a bag of tricks, like a toolbox. I'm just I'm not gonna boss man Drake, but he has a toolbox. So he has a skill set that is kind of used for all different times. Like you know, he gets into his sing song voice. I always think I always say his his singing voice is pretty limited. But at the same time, it's uh, it, it's very useful because he created the genre of kind of singing without really singing, singing. Yeah, that album is called Yay. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping. And uh, Mark, Mark's giving it up for Donda over Loverboy. Yes, I will say I agree with that. Uh, I have actually on this channel, I did spit on a, a CLB beat. You can go check that out. That's um, that's uh, what song did I do? I did um, you know, I'm forgetting all of it. Uh, but I just love the beats on that, and I thought Drake could have actually spit a little harder on some of those beats. So I just kind of went ahead and took the beat and did it. I got a copyright strike for it. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's uh, yeah, it's this video. Oh, 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. I, I did a little freestyle on that. And I'll probably shoot a little video for it at some point because I had this whole plan that I was going to do with NFTs. 
I was going to do an NFT version of it and bring up the the whole controversy of whether NFTs are copyrightable information and we can have that discussion, you know what I mean? And then we could we could ask Drake if he wants to be involved in this NFT sale of my my personal freestyle over his uh, certified lover boy beat for 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. But uh yeah, man, it's it's been interesting. Uh yeah, I just just so you know, I've rapped for the last I hate to say how many years, but when I was in college, I was I was rapping. I rapped in high school as well. And uh, I just kind of left it alone because I became, got more interested in the acting and filmmaking uh, part. But it's just like what we're talking about with Kanye. It's like to be this artistic person wholly and fully is challenging, you know? And like, I wouldn't want to be just limited to being one one person you know i wouldn't want to be a one type of person just a rapper you know what i mean like you wouldn't call ice t just a rapper now he's been acting longer probably than or at least the same amount of time as he was rapping and he also made rock music so is he just a rapper i don't know they use that to limit and um you know box people in man I don't want to be boxing either. But anyway, moving on. Um, conversation quickly turned to who would uh, who he would be pitted against with West naming Drake and the host suggesting Jay-Z. West explained he would never battle Ho because that's my boss. Yeah, he was right about that. I liked it. I liked that point. I liked it that point. <laughs> uh, West said he would comfortably beat Drake, which served as an opening for Nori to inquire about the many recent twists. They, they just kept asking him all these questions about who he would line up in a, in a uh, versus, or he lined, they pitted two different rappers against each other. And I thought it was a really interesting observation because Nori, by the way, shout out to Nori and DJ EFN, but Nori in particular, Nori was the exact person the perfect person right now in the media to do this interview. Because of Nori's personal history with Kanye, Nori's relationship to Damon Dash, he's currently man managed by Biggs Burke, who is affiliated with Rockefeller. And like the ultimate thing, which I thought was the most beautiful moment, was when Nori said, you know, it's the nicest thing you anybody's ever done for me because Kanye actually named his daughter North after Noriega, Nori, which I thought was crazy. Her nickname is Nori. And I thought that was like, I, when I remember when I heard that, I was like, damn, that's, that's serious, man. That means you had an impact on me. Whether you knew it or not, I named my daughter after you. And Noriega took that and like took the moment right there, which is why I thought this was just the, this is like the pinnacle of like, you know, it's definitely top 10 Kanye West interviews if you haven't seen it. I'm gonna probably put a link in the description so y'all can go watch the Drink Champs. But it was just a beautiful moment of Noriega just kind of basking in that. Cause I feel like some of our rappers and Noriega, you know, he's a podcaster now. Don't want to limit him to just being a rapper either. But I don't think rappers get their flowers all the time. 
Now, are they celebrated in their life and that when they're hot? Yes. But after years and years and years of like living with these people, like I think about the impact Wu Tang had on me, or I think about the Wu the uh the impact that Jay-Z had on me and Kanye West, you know, like you gotta if you can show show your appreciation at any moment, like that that between black men too, like that was huge. That was one of the biggest moments for me of the interview. So, um, but yeah, shout out to Nori. CNN, what, what? <laughs> yeah, man, I was, okay, uh, let's see. Drake, uh, let's see. The Conversation quickly tuned it who he would be pitted against with West naming uh, the host and suggesting Jay-Z. Um, West said he would comfortably beat Drake, which served as an opening for Noriega Nori to inquire about the many recent twists and turns of the superstars feud. Uh, Drake didn't do an outright this song where it's a headshot. This is a quote from Kanye. He's going to set it up like a war. And I thought this was brilliant too, because he broke down how Drake thinks as a battle rapper, you know, like, He's going to do stuff like, <laughs> like not only that, he's going to live five blocks down the street from you. <laughs> so Wes said, throwing, throwing in a curious Hitler reference. I think when he was talking about Hitler, he was like, you know, when they came to get Hitler, he said, you know, when they came to get Hitler, they, they didn't, they set up fake tanks outside of his place. And they did this and they did this operation where they, it was under covert. It was, it was covert in the way that they approached it. And, you know, he was bringing out his yayisms. You know what I'm saying? Because his mind's working a million miles a minute, which is why I think he's a genius. If we had talked to Albert Einstein during his time, and I'm sure there's interviews of him, I I haven't seen him, but uh, he's that absent-minded kind of genius. Like it would probably be similar to this. You know what I mean? And they always talk about music and intelligence, and I think you know Kanye has a high music iq as well and we can't forget that you know he's not just a rapper he's the producer of the, the song most times you know of course he works in collaboration with others but you know like he hears things and sees things in a different way i remember him breaking down how he saw beats artistically and like he had done a painting in in school where he wrote out what a beat would look like or how it looks to him so he it kind of had different gradations of lines and like he actually broke down that this is what a beat looks like to me. Now, that's what I'm saying about intelligence and genius. Kanye isn't as book smart. I think he even talked about not being that good at math. <laughs> you don't have to be that good at math when you're a billionaire. You're just like, oh, yeah, swipe the card. The black card, that one, swipe it. Uh, but to make those jumps in logic sometimes, to think in different ways, you know, if they do the talented and gifted test and it's basically about you solving problems in a unique way, like in school, like then of course Kanye is genius. You know what I'm saying? Like he actually thinks in a way that is outside of the normal and it makes you question how you think think about the answer you know like so 
I think Kanye actually has comfortably cemented his place there outside of all the money. And and it's funny, like I said, to get to this plateau of, like I said, six to nine million dollars is what he's reporting. And six to nine billion, let me get that right. Billion with a B. And then to just live this nomadic life now or to move to Wyoming, the exact opposite of what you would think uh, the guy who made Gold Digger would do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that was one of his least uh, favorite, but big one of the biggest songs that he did, you know? We can't even take that away from him. And started Jamie Foxx's career um, as a singer. Um, Drake didn't do a, I'll write this song where it's a headshot. He's gonna set it up like a war. Wes said, throwing in a curious Hitler reference. He's gonna do stuff like live five down, blocks down the street from you. He's gonna go and DM every single girl in your family, every single girl around your family and all your niggas girls is away games and home games. This is professional rap. And that was what I was talking about with the professional rap point. Like, even Drake even documented in Travis Scott's song. Um, well, what was that damn song? You know, out like a light. I need to find the lyrics of that joint. <laughs> 767. Yeah, I'm about to be rapping on this, this show tonight. <laughs> tonight. And uh, shout out to all the victims at the Travis Scott Astral World. Uh, I think eight people died at the Astral World show uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, it was a tragedy, man. I don't know exactly what happened. I think they said the crowd surged. So I guess they all moved at the same time and then people got trampled. Yeah, it was it was terrible, man. So, um, you know, basically, um, shout out and um, prayers to the, the families of uh, all the victims of that. It's really unfortunate. You, you hate to, you know, be saying you're going to a show to see um, – your favorite artist and at a, at a at a festival, Astro World Festival in Houston, and just like lose your life. That's crazy. I don't think people couldn't even did it, but they were definitely on some strange stuff. I saw them kind of running through the VIP section as well. It was kind of weird, but yeah. So, oh yeah, to go to the lyrics of um, what what Drake was saying. Drake said, "Slept through the flight." Hey, oh no, not that one, not that one. Um, out like a light, like a like a light. <laughs> okay, because I this is one of the the disses in particular that Kanye was referring to. Um, mm, mm, sicko mode is the song. I've been I've been should have said that, but uh, <laughs> let's see here. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, here we go. Um, okay, so Kanye, uh, so Drake does, like Kanye said, he's he's very strategic, and he ends up moving into, I guess, Hidden Hills, where he was living with Ky with uh, Kim at the time, and uh, becomes a a, a nice. Uh, 
competition, like you said, this battle rap that's going on. But anyway, and they were working together at one point, and that's what Pusha T was talking about, them being friends and then not being friends. He, Drake was going to write a song for Kanye and like all this stuff. And then Kanye also was supposed to give Drake a beat, which I'll talk about in a minute. So anyway, uh, he said, um, I crept down the block, down the block, made a right, made a right, cut the lights, paid the price. Niggas think it's sweet. It's on site. Nothing nice. Bag it to my ice. Okay. So basically that line, he said, I crept down the block. So, but he actually lives on Kanye's, in Kanye's neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah, he lives in Kanye's neighborhood and he's talking this kind of talk on a record. And not only that, Kanye talked about the torture of actually hearing these songs at his kids' birthday parties in the neighborhood. So think about that. He made a hit record where he's dissing you. And now you got to go to certain places and hear these disses, which not everybody's understanding. Not even everybody's even registering that this is a diss to Kanye. Uh, and it, it's a threat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, lost my much, lost my respect. You're not a threat. When I shoot my shit, the shit wet him like I'm shit. So, yeah, it was check, uh, check West, I guess. So he's also doing a play on words between Kanye West, Sheck West, uh, Weddy, like I'm Sheck. Uh, I think Weddy. Weddy, um, he might be talking about basketball right there. And see, see the shots that I took, wet like I'm book. And he did this on an artist that used to be affiliated with Kanye West. Can we talk about that too? <laughs> like, Travis Scott is here because of Kanye. Uh, yeah, like... Okay, wet like I'm Lizzie. I be spilling Valley. So they're in Hidden Hills in the Valley. I live in California. I've been to the neighborhood. It's very small. It's like its own little city. It's got gates up and you can't come in unless you're allowed to be in there. And like, it, it's like really, it's got its own border. It's like, it, it's a strange little neighborhood, but you know, it's got like horse path and all this stuff. And like, it's interesting, but you know, uh, I I didn't get it. I was like, I, was like, I wouldn't want to live in this boxed-in area here. <laughs> the houses were kind of cool, I guess, but they weren't like. I'd have to see them on the inside, more of them on the inside. But uh, circle blocks till I'm dizzy. So so he's in the neighborhood spinning the block. He I'd be spinning the valley, <laughs> circling blocks. So you understand what Kanye is feeling the pressure from these lyrics here because like you know like i said they dip in and out of friendship they dip in is drake really mad is drake coming to spin the block is drake coming to shoot up the block you know <laughs> and he knows every woman that i know in my life uh and he's been contacting them just dripping dripping information i mean i think they're bored most of the time too but uh it's funny that you know like, where is he? Uh, circle blocks till I'm dizzy. Yeah, what? Like, where is he? No one's seen him. I'm trying to clean him. So he's asking about where, where Kanye is. You know, this is the thing. When you got beef with somebody in rap, you never know if they're talking about you or not. But a lot of times, a lot of times, you find out after the fact, you know, you're like, oh, oh, that was about me. Or, or 
or as they say in this professional rap moment, like in the professional rap line that Kanye brought up is like, of course you know it's about me. Of course you know it's about you because you brought up his name in a prior rap or you've got an issue with him. Like Kanye said, he was on a group text with everybody. And I think I mentioned this earlier. He was on a group text with Jay-Z, uh, not Beyonce, Kim, Drake, Virgil, some other people. And he said, you know, I have more money than everybody in this group text combined. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's just out there like stunning on him. So they're just sending little shots at each other. And it's it's interesting. But anyway, moving on in this article. Um, this is professional rap. Professional rap is petty. I can just say that. Uh, Wes even likened his antics with uh, Drake to Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear because that's what he said. He's like, I'm so tired of all the shots that Drake is sending at me that I feel like I need to bite his ear off like Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear. Because, you know, Mike Tyson was saying that he was getting hit below the belt. He was getting uh, elbows and all types of stuff and just getting banged up in the ring and nobody was saying anything. So when Kanye responds, he bit off his ear. He's like, oh, my God. You know, they're like, why did you do that? He didn't do anything to you. He's like, no, he's been doing stuff to me this whole time, and he knows it. You know, he's been he's been straight up, straight up dogging me out this whole time. But anyway, he further took exception. Oh, yeah, anybody who comes in here, please like, comment, subscribe. This is Fawcett Media. I am Frank Fawcett, and I'll be doing these videos from time to time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Please like, comment, subscribe. Got more content on the way. I got some stuff that's going to be really dope coming up here soon. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, West liking his antics to Mike Tyson. Uh, he further took exception to a line in Drake's 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. That's a song that I covered on my channel. Go check out that video, too. Uh, my freestyle where I talk about cryptocurrency and and people who diss me. You know what I'm saying? Because Like I said professional rap over here too <laughs> uh which many interpreted as being a kanye diss 7 a.m at bridal path we should look at those lyrics too um oh yeah he said i could give a fuck about who done designing your sneakers and tees have somebody put you on a gilding you play with my seed that's right so uh drake shot back at kanye when he was talking about his son uh because, you know, Kanye's affiliation with Pusha T and Pusha T brought out the whole information about Drake might have a son. You are denying your child. That line, <laughs> that ether of a line. Oh, my God. We are going to talk about Pusha. Pusha Terrence. Oh, my God. That man is not to be played with. Yo, Pusha T. He's on a whole other level. But he was the president of uh, Good Music at the time. And so, obviously, Kanye, you're guilty by association when you in that type of thing. So Drake was mad at Kanye as well. So he said, I give a fuck about who's designing your sneakers and tees. Have somebody put you on a gilding. Oh, yeah, Kanye talked about that in the group chat, too. He was telling people uh, this isn't about the the Terex or whatever that in, that uh, Adidas technology is. This isn't about the Arcteris or Kid Cudi dress. Um, you know, he was... He actually mentioned that on Donda. But, uh, yeah, man, don't put me on a gilding. That's what he said. <laughs> you play with my seat. 
These are these are hard shots. These are body blows. If they were boxers, these would all be body blows. Um, feel like everybody should go to Drake and say, "You ain't saying that to North Saint and Chicago, North Saint Chicago and Psalms that these are Kanye's kids." He could be saying shit that's poking at me and driving me crazy. And then if I do something that seems crazy, then they're just blaming me, Kanye West said. In an attempt to resolve the issue, West said he made a group text with Jay-Z, Kim Kardashian, Kid Cudi, Pusha T. Oh, Pusha T was in the text? Gene. Ooh. <laughs> Drake and Travis Scott. <laughs> Damn. It's possible that the screenshot that went viral in August in which West showed an image of the Joker. Let's see if we can see that. Uh, I don't think I can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I can show this maybe. No. Okay, I might not be able to add it. Might not be able to add it the same way. Let's see if it lets me. Okay, yeah, this is the tweet. <laughs> Kanye West tweets Drake a vague vague threats in a group message after adding Pusha T to the chat. Wear my green watch. I want you to make my diamonds. I think this was the Virgil. I live for this. Never been with by a nerd-ass jock niggas like you in my whole life. What? Many believe Drake is at least one of the nerd-ass jock niggas Kanye is referring to. <laughs> Rapper's Instagram post came hours after Drake's guest verse on Trippy Red Betrayal was released, right? Which was another uh, diss on the track Drake raps. All these fools I'm beefing with that I barely know. 45, 44, burned out, let it go. Seemingly re referencing Kanye and Push's age, both being 44. Drake adds, yay ain't changing shit for me. Uh, it's set in stone. Rolling Stones, Heavy Stones, Pink Grills. Precious stone, let me make my presence known. Um, fans believe that the group message screenshot is a warning of some time, some sort of retaliation Kanye has in store for this. Okay, so this is the old article. Yeah, man. Um, but anyway, so this was they're talking, they're referencing when he was talking to all of them in the group text. And um, Kanye's a funny dude, Can we just say that? Like Kanye is hilarious. Like that interview brought out the comic genius of Kanye West. Like the moment where he talks about Soldier Boy, <laughs> when he brought up Soldier Boy. <laughs> Shout out to Big Soldier. He bigged him up, but then he also said some funny stuff. Like Kanye said that uh, Soldier Boy was like one of the most influential artists of the 21st century. And then they were like, but did you hear that verse that he sent me? He was like, uh, Nori asked him, why didn't you put him on the album? He's like, did you hear that verse? <laughs> he was like, he's like, well, it wasn't good? Kanye said, no. <laughs> and then he kept moving on. He said, nah, it wasn't good. And he kept moving on. And of course that brought Soldier, Soldier's whole ferocity his whole the whole back hairs on his back stood up and soldier made a response that was uh epic in soldier fashion memeable of course you know he had like blonde dreads and like you know like he, he was in his in his studio or his room or whatever and he was 
live streaming. Oh man, it was insane. But um, let me see if my internet is still good here. Looks like I'm getting a signal warning. But um, yeah, I think I'm still live here. Give me one second. Yeah, it looks like I'm still live. Let me know in the chat if I'm having any issues uh, connecting wise. I'm I'm connected to the Ethernet, but who knows these days, man? The internet, this internet comes and goes, probably because of what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, Kanye West shared the image of the Joker. I'm, uh, okay, uh, one of the lines I said was legend. We're gonna also talk about John Legend too, because he, he, in addition to John Legend, he talked about Big Sean and the issues he had with both of them, as someone who he considers have given them their start in the business. Um, Wes was asked about cancel culture repeatedly saying, I love it, I'm above it. And obviously he is because he hasn't been canceled and all the controversies that happened in the past few years, he hasn't been canceled. So he's he's thinking, I'm Gucci, I'm good. But uh, because of his public support of Donald Trump, his comments about slavery and many of the figures he's surrounded himself with lately, Kanye has been a magnet for criticism in recent years. When I sit next to Marilyn Manson and the baby after both of them got canceled for five songs, it's like, they can't cancel us all. Which I think is a quote of um, Dave Chappelle, maybe? I don't know. Uh, he said, this is 1984 mind control. Man. And this is where you're getting into his deep stuff. 1984 mind control. If you know the reference to the 1984 film uh, or book by George Orwell. Yeah. You know what he's talking about there. The final live Donda listening, Wes was criticized for bringing out the baby in the midst of the controversy around his homophobic rolling loud comments and Marilyn Manson, who has been accused by multiple women of sexual assault and abuse. Uh, Nori and DJ EFN asked Kanye whether his previous support of Donald Trump made it a challenge to reach certain artists on the left end of the political spectrum. Well, this is where he goes off. Said in July 2020, Forbes interview, Wes said he no longer supported Trump, but seemed to backtrack on that in the interview, which he did. Which he talked, he told you everybody, he's bipolar. So he was one day he loves Trump, one day he hates Trump. You know, like I don't, I don't know. And I'm starting to understand that you know that that mental illness. I think he kind of he's kind of rebelled against it. So. I don't know if he considers himself bipolar anymore. So, uh, hey, I'm I'm all about what you feel, brother. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, this message is directly with Kanye. If you need somebody in the media, Fawcett Media is available to you. Your, my platform is your platform. Uh, my skills, I would love to, to help build the utopia that you're looking to build, Kanye West. Yes, sir. Thank you for your contribution to my life and thank you to the contribution uh, to hip-hop in the world. You are not a rapper. <laughs> uh, he said, I still got on Red Hat today. I'll let you know that. He said, this also complicates a widely quoted Jay-Z line from Donda's jail where he says, hold up, Donda, I'm with your baby. When I touch back road, tell him, told him, stop all that red cap, we going home. Yeah. So Jay-Z actually was, you know, explaining that he was going to take care of Kanye and, you know, forget all that red cap. Uh, because he talked about how John Legend 
and Big Sean were in the pockets of the Democrats. You know, like I think now people are more willing to hear Kanye's points on uh, some of his conservative leanings or his Donald Trump support just because of, you know, whatever uh, issues they may have with the current administration or how things have gone in the past year or so, the handling of things. Um, I think he's got a lot more people that are more willing to listen to him now. And, you know, because at that point they were like, oh, he's definitely insane if he's supporting Trump and he's out there doing whatever. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But uh, Just Blaze caught some of the harshest criticism of the night. Did he? I think Just Blaze. It's a tie between Just Blaze and Big Sean, I think. <laughs> I can't exactly remember what exactly he was talking about with Big Sean, but maybe they'll talk about it. Uh, Just Blaze, Kanye shot at the legendary producer might be the one that sent rap purists into the biggest frenzy. <laughs> when asked during the podcast whether he thought Just Blaze or Swiss Beats was the better producer, his response was scathing. Swiss Beats, definitely, because Just Blaze is just a copycat, you know? He gets credit for the blueprint, and I did the first half of the blueprint, and he just copied my half. <laughs> Yo, I, when he said that, I was like, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, because I blueprint dropped on September 11th. Where was I at September 11th? I was at NYU grad school. On my about to be on my second day of school, and so like literally the whole city was shut down, and I had bought that album on release day on September 11th. Did I get it on September 11th or right after that? Shortly thereafter. And like, literally I had, I lived with that album and I was like, this is like the best album it's gonna be. And unfortunately, you know, rest in peace to all the victims that lost their lives in September 11th because living through it, I'm telling you it was traumatic. You know, I still have moments where I'm, you know, there's some type of PTSD probably, but that album was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna get buried by all this September 11th stuff. And luckily, Jay-Z, I think it was a career-defining album because he beat that that noise that, you know, his music cut through all that because it was so deep and so, so soulful and it brought back that soul sample sound. And that's why I think Kanye said that because that was Kanye's contribution at that point was the sped-up soul sample. And so he felt like he laid his part it's funny because Jay-Z actually commented on it and he did the most diplomatic thing possible. He said, you know, I think everybody contributed equally to this beautiful project that ended up being the blueprint. But uh, Kanye's like, yo, I did my beats first. You copy me. <laughs> so um, within that goes to ask my hip hop purists, did Kanye have the best produced songs on that album? He did do the takeover. Just Blaze had some joints on there. I'm not gonna play, but uh, yeah. But if you got a, a, a outline already for how the album's gonna sound, you know, like yeah, Kanye might have a point. But anyway, Just Blaze responded thoughtfully with a lengthy statement on social media, as people are known to do. He wrote, none of what was said tonight regarding me fits with any of our history or our previous interactions, particular in light of very recent attempts to work together again, which Just Blades was trying to work with him probably on Donda or something. 
or maybe on one of his projects. Uh, the producer, who's recently worked with artists like West Side Gun and Vic Mensa, also said that while he's happy for Kanye's level of fame and success, it's not where he wants his career to be. I think he's referring to his own self. Uh, Just Blaze doesn't want his career being there. Former good music artists Big Sean and John Legend were skewered too. This is funny because, like, I I became a fan of good music because, like, I thought it was at they had the moment where they had some of the top artists out there, but it was never organized as a traditional label. I think Kanye even mentions that they didn't even have record deals. Like they were still kind of under their parent companies, but he just worked with these artists in particular. Cause I think one time, I think Sean was signed to good, good music, but John legend went off and did deals with other people, you know? Uh, but two chains actually worked with good music and was on the compilations, the cruel summers and never signed with good music. So, you know, it just goes to show you, it's like, these things are kind of amorphous in Kanye's mind. He he was more concerned with the art. And I think that that's that's commendable. And so anyway, he said eventually Kanye explained that he felt both Big Sean and John Legend got used quick by the Democrats to come at their boy. To come at their boy that actually changed their lives. And he was upset they didn't support his ill-fated bid for presidency. I remember he ran for president. Yeah. Uh, Sean celebrated Joe Biden's win in Michigan while Legend performed at Biden's campaign rallies and inaugural celebration. I think the point is that Kanye was trying to make was like Big Sean rapped for Kanye at a radio station in Detroit. And that's when Kanye discovered Big Sean. Now, Big Sean was Big Sean. He was already spitting the super duper flow. Or, you know, he was already like an accomplished indie artist, I guess, locally. But Kanye brought him out to the to the masses. And Kanye, you'll, you'll find a common theme in hip hop is that, you know, you want to take care of your OGs, you know, the people who brought you in the game. And he also feels like John Legend. John Legend was in, I don't know where John Legend, from, Cleveland, maybe. He's from Ohio for sure. Uh, maybe not Cleveland, but Kanye brought John Legend up and he was on the first album singing the backgrounds, you know, like uh, the second album for sure. But, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he was on college dropout. Yeah, he was back there. He was in the background um, and writing music, of course. You know, like, like I said, Kanye is very collaborative. Um, but for him to feel like he had such a connection with these people that he brought them out. Because later he talks about Dame Dash um, because they ask him who's the better CEO, Jay-Z or Dame Dash. And Kanye said, Dame Dash, hands down. Because I'm Dame Dash with money. I'm America's worst nightmare, or I think he said the devil's worst nightmare, basically. Uh, because he's saying that Dame Dash had that, he had the mind that that discovered Jay-Z, that saw the vision and brought it out. He had the mind. And when Jay-Z didn't want to work with Kanye in the early days, Dame actually said, no, I'm going to sign you because your beats are amazing, first and foremost. And whether Dame was like, you know, I just need them beats so you can get Jay-Z these beats, or he really believed in them. Because I think in a song, um, 
last call, Kanye talks about that. And he's like, you know, if you want to get at Kanye, just tell him you like him how he raps. I think hip hop told uh hip hop the manager told Dame that if you want to get Kanye, you need to appeal to his ego. You need to tell him you like how he raps. If you want to get them beats, you need to tell him you want to sign him as a rapper and a producer. And so uh, everybody heard those beats. They were buzzing in the streets. And like Kanye was actually had other deals on the table. Uh, Jay-Z had already expressed interest. He didn't wasn't interested in working with Kanye as, as, a, as a signed artist. And Dane was like, nah, I rock with him. Kanye, all these years later, remembers that. What is that? 1996, 98, 98. He remembers. He's like, wow, um, I owe this man my life. I don't get here. Well, I don't get here in the same way if these steps aren't taken. You know what I'm saying? And so um, he he brings that up as a theme later about this loyalty. He's like, Dame doesn't ever have to worry about anything and as long as i don't got it he got it you know he talks about steve rifkin bringing up bringing up oh, oh dame is in kanye's pocket kanye's like i don't care i don't care if you think that there's none of your business first and foremost but just know that dame doesn't have to worry about anything as long as i got it and i thought that was commendable so if you live with that type of ethos and then Somebody like John Legend or Big Sean does something you consider uh, a betrayal, you know, or they try to diss you. It's like, yo, I brought you in this. I changed your life, your family's life to the tune of millions of dollars. And this is how you treat me. I don't know. So... Uh, maybe Kanye's old school in that, but I, I kind of feel him in a way that uh, as soon as he was, you know, radioactive because he was a Trump supporter, everybody just kind of ran away from him, you know, and they were like, oh, he's crazy, he's this, he's that. But geniuses are often, the people that are ahead of their time are often thought of as crazy or they're thought of as unstable or or unsavory, you know? So, especially artists. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Big Sean and John Legend performed at the campaign rallies for Joe Biden. Uh, the timing of this noteworthy is noteworthy because last week, Sean said he would no longer be signed to good music because he had to start getting a bigger cut. So, I mean, I think that's what it is, is that good music probably takes a profit when they get some profit, but they're signed to the major as well. So it's all rolling downhill. So Big Sean probably feels like he's not getting as much money from good music for whatever reason. Um, it says John Legend left good a few years back, expressing gratitude. Oh, okay, so John actually stayed on for a long time. So Kanye had him in the deal for a while. I wonder when that actually ended. Um, West involvement in his early career he expressed gratitude gratitude for west involvement in his early career but i just felt like there was no need for us to continue that particular version of our relationship 
Damn, that's an interesting way to say it, man. It's like, yeah. Do you look out for your OGs, man? Do you look out for the people that put you in position to be where you are now? It's an important question about your character, you know? And I think that's a question Kanye's asking himself. Um, good Nature Sean posted before the episode, I just got asked to be on the next Drink Champ, so I'm assuming Ye is talking crazy. Uh, and he shared a photo of he and Wes from after the interview and well, was just with this man he ain't say none of that. Oh, well, you also have to think about the fact that I'm, you know, he's part of the drink champs in the episode. So, what they say about uh, a drunk mind gives sober thoughts. What is the saying? So yeah, Kanye was having his drinks and um, speaking his mind. So anyway. According to Kanye, Kim Kardashian is still my wife. That was a big, big point, too, that they're technically still married, even though she's been seen with uh, Pete Davidson from SNL uh, on multiple occasions now having dates. He's like, it's still my wife, you know, until the divorce has been finalized. Uh, Kim Kardashian announced intention to divorce Kanye back in February. That hasn't been finalized, and Wes appears to have a different idea where the rest relationship is headed. Uh, she's still my wife, Kanye said resolutely. Uh, Wes also basked Saturday Night Live of one of his longtime foes, which had Kardashian host in October. Uh, during her opening monologue, she said, when, so when I divorced him, you have to know it came down to just one thing, his personality. I know it sounds mean, but people keep telling me that comedy comes from truth. If there's one thing I know that I always strive to be, it's genuine. It was Kim Kardashian's monologue. Some people like that monologue, but I, you know, as a comedy nerd, uh, I was just like, okay, all right, she got some writers. That's cool. Um, SNL making my wife say I divorced him on TV just because they wanted to get that bar off. I've never seen the papers. We're not even divorced. Wes said, "My kids want their parents to stay together. I want us to be together." That's that's admirable. Um, podcast hosts do not ask about. Wes, uh, about the recent rumors that Kardashian is romantically involved with Pete Davidson, which I mentioned, uh, which has many, which many have taken as an indication that the episode was recorded at least a few weeks ago. Eh, I don't know about that. It seemed pretty fresh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Maury, Maury's been, um, Maury's been, uh, um, Nori has been uh, kind of teasing this for at least a week, I think. Hey, Ephraim's Corner, what's happening? You caught me live today. Yeah. I'm going to be going more, live more often. Um, I'm just now kind of narrowing down the way I want to do it because, uh, you know, I've got multiple softwares and, you know, just trying to understand what I want to do, how I want to present. Um, this thing is good. So thank you for joining me, Ephraim's Corner. Um, yeah, man. Uh also, uh, Kim also figured into the larger conversation around Drake. I had this conversation with Drake where he said he never fucked Kim. And I was like, but you acted like you did. You got bars that's like hidden hills. Give your wife the chills. <laughs> I wonder if Drake actually said that line. I don't think he did. But uh, it's like somebody throwing a marble and hiding their hand. Yeah. That, that was really messy, though. 
Because I, I thought that was the assumption. And like it's like Kim can't even come out and say, no, it never happened. But he would just be look like he's lying. So it just kind of built upon itself. So anyway. Yeah, man, you caught me at the end, Ephraim. I'm, I'm just going to chill here for a couple seconds more and um, see if anybody wants to come up on the panel. Uh, I know some people have peeped their head in and rolled out. But um, I thank you all for joining me. I thank you all for checking out this uh, interview. Let me make sure I hit all my notes, too. Um, Nori was a perfect person. Yeah, he was. Rapper equals N-word. Trump abortion laws. Oh, yeah, he talked about the abortion laws. Um, that's the thing. Kanye's mind is so rapid. It's moving so fast that he... He talks about so many different things, and, and it's kind of hard to. I'm still gonna have to go back and listen to it again. Maybe that's the thing. The interview went by like no time. It went. It was two hours, and it was like butter. It was smooth. You know what I mean? Like nobody. I couldn't even. It was so exciting to me. Maybe because I'm a fan, but like it was so. It kept you wrapped, you know what I mean? It kept you just, oh, that's right. Ephraim's Corner brought up a good point. I forgot. That was another one. Went all out on Talib Kweli. Personal, personally, um, I'm not mad at that because Talib Kweli was an uh, interesting character on Twitter the past few years that I, I, I've had issues with and Multiple people have had issues with, so I was like, I was all in support of that. I was like, yeah, talk this shit about Kwali. But Kwali is also interesting, too, because I think, you know what it is? It's like Kanye says, it's very, he's also very forgiving. I think even some of these people that he brought issues up with might actually, he might rectify the situation with them because, um, like, Kwali actually was the first person to take Kanye on tour with him. You know what I'm saying? He was having so many issues with, you know, actually getting his music out and, you know, getting his stuff together, getting his album released. They act, he actually took a risk. Kwali took a risk by taking him on tour. But Kanye said, I would never want to rap like Kwali because I think the question was who's better, Common or Kwali? And he's like, it's not even close. <laughs> he's like, Common's way better. He's like, Kwali's terrible. Kwali's the single person keeping caps and style you know he's always talking about fashion he's always snapping on fashion so <laughs> he's like he's the only person keeping fitting cats and caps and style <laughs> which i thought was extra hilarious because it's true it's like yeah you, you still got them caps on got your backpack tightly wrapped let me see exactly what if i can get a quote from kanye on quality because that was hilarious uh, I'm sure Talib had something to say about it. Talib's got his own platform now. He's got his own podcast. So, and yeah, oh, he fired back. Ooh, there's a video. Talib Kweli fires back after being this. I don't want to put this up because it's uh, from TMZ. Uh, basically, if uh, yeah, if I put that up, they'll send a copyright. <laughs> yeah, he said some wow shit. Yeah, his mind is gold, absolutely. Ephraim, Ephraim, yeah, 
Kanye's mind is like, it's like no other, man. It moves a mile a minute. I think Joe Budden was talking about that, how fast, or it was, uh, maybe it was Ish or Ice that actually said that. He said his mind is moving so fast that he, the, the thoughts pop into his mind before he's able to get the words out. And like, you can just imagine. And then just think about, this is also a literal uh, rap, uh, um, uh, musician, and an artist and a designer, all this stuff is coming a mile a minute at him. Uh, I covered John Legend a little earlier, Ephraim. Uh, I talked about the John Legend thing, but I, I think I agree with him. It was sort of a, for for him to put him on, for him, for Kanye, for Ye, let me respect his choice of being Ye, uh, for Ye to put John Legend on college dropout, like when he was an unknown, basically discovering him and he's like, your voice is amazing. Basically changing his life. Like he's like, you should never say anything negative about me. You should never say that I'm out here wilding cause I'm supporting Trump. You should just ride with me or don't say anything at all. So yeah, I do think it was a little, it was a little rough for, uh, he was rough on John Legend, but I think it was kind of warranted. We're just ordinary people. Yeah, we don't get that. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, did I find that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say exactly about Talib? He said, he said, uh, one person on in particular who ended up on the receiving end of Kanye's punishment was Talib Kweli, longtime collaborator of Good Music Head Honcho since the earlier years. Uh, uh, during Nori's uh quick time with slime segment yay was asked who he thought was better um common is a he said oh definitely between common and quality and then he went off he said oh definitely common are you man he said common is a thousand times better rapper than quality what is you talking about <laughs> things veered into more personal and somewhat comical territory he said no but also quality be getting up and like come back home <laughs> talking to kanye about coming back home from from Trump. He's like, home where, nigga? <laughs> That's my issue, man. And all these backhand, oh yeah, you know, yay, he's a billionaire, but fuck him being a billionaire. He not like Dave Chappelle. He not like down with the people. He not like, if I be like you, Kwali, I'd be where you at. Now, if you take the average 99% of people say, do you want to be Kwali or do you want to be yay? More people gonna wanna be yay, Quali. <laughs> These quotes are hilarious. <laughs> These quotes are hilarious. Um, yeah, man. He said, I love Quali. I never really liked the way that he rapped. So he does have a kind of flow that's very stuck in an era. And um, you know, Quali has not been able to update the, the operating system. That's a classic era, but you know, it's it's like I would like to hear him challenge himself as well, if, if that's the case. I would like to hear Quali rap a lot more than he commentates and moderates on this the internet. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna hear him tweeting anymore. Stop the tweet, stop the cap. Anyway, also learned in the interview that Kanye is very uh kind and giving. Yes, Kanye is very kind and giving. He told a story about uh, a pastor that he met 
and I think he kind of got interrupted in the middle of the story, but I think what he was saying was the pastor was admiring his watch that he had just bought for, I don't know, know how much money, but like it was an exclusive watch. So, you know, it was hundreds of thousands, if not millions in some of these cases. And um, the, the pastor was very, very like he admired the watch. And so I think what Kanye did was he actually gave him the watch and took his Timex. And so he had a Timex. He's like, where did you get that Timex from? He's like, I gave my watch away. I gave it to the pastor, which is, that's, that's like, that's Mike Tyson's story where he goes into the city and just gives somebody a, a Rolls Royce. He's like, well, you know, we had the Rolls Royce for the weekend and here it goes. Here's a Rolls Royce. You know, like, go ahead, take it. It's yours like the generosity on Kanye. And then like what I was saying about the, um, when he got on the abortion point, which was interesting because a lot of people have come around to Kanye's way of thinking on this abortion uh, issue. He said he was trying to make Donda centers around the country where that if you didn't want to have, uh, to take care of your child and you wanted to, instead of getting an abortion, have the child and they would make basically a Donda center and, and raise the child and educate them on Kanye's learning path, which, you know, I, it's yet to be known what Kanye's school is going to be teaching that he's got out there. And um, also like on Dr. Sebi's diet is what he said. He's going to use Dr. Sebi's diet and, um, and feed them. So he brought up a good point because he brought up the point that a lot of people have brought up in the past about, you know, the true intention of Planned Parenthood, which was designed and founded, I think, by Margaret Sanger, and that her initial plan was to make uh, genocide of the black population. And what has happened technically in some people's mind is that there's been a genocide of black babies uh, being aborted and that it was actually uh, part of the plan. And so Kanye brought that up and it kind of hit home for a lot of people. Like they never really thought about it. I heard Joe Budden talk about it. So I've only heard like a, half, a couple minutes of the beginning of their episode, but he talked about how he had never thought about it that way. Of course, like if you've been in any conscious circles, you've heard that information before about the Margaret Sanger and the Planned Parenthood's mission or what could have been their mission for providing this service. So, I mean, that's if you're pro-life, pro, pro-choice, you know, you you can fall on either side of this issue. But Kanye was stating his point as a pro-lifer that he wanted to do something that was an alternative to aborting a child. Because what would have happened if every baby that was aborted was born? That would increase the black population in this country probably fourfold. So what type of you know, what type of power would would the black community have if something like that was uh, to happen? Because this was in the 1920s, I believe, when, when Planned Parenthood was, I may not be uh, imprecise, but, you know, like, think about how many, how many people are not here and didn't get to contribute their Kanye West. Okay, October 16th, 1916 in Brownsville, New York. 
uh, was when Planned Parenthood was founded and uh, founded by Margaret Sanger, Ethel Byrne, and Fania Mendel. Yeah. So Kanye wanted to add an alternative to that. So, I mean, hey, you know, when you're a billionaire, you become a philanthropist in some ways. And this sounded like one of his outreaches through his Donda, uh, Donda things. I mean, he's got also got a, a lot of huge ideas about building cities. And his dad is doing this uh, water purification, all types of things. So that's what I'm saying. His mind is like, it's just like Elon Musk. Like he talks about talking about Elon, talking to Elon Musk on a regular basis. Like Kanye is there. Kanye is the black version of Elon Musk, where Elon Musk is like, I'm going to make a rocket now. Uh, and then I'm going to make a blowtorch fire, fire thrower, you know, like <laughs> after I make this car, it's, it's going to revolutionize electric EV cars. Yeah. You got big ideas in execution, you know, like, that's what I'm working on now is just the execution part. I got big ideas like that too, but I'm working on them. So yeah, we're going, we're going to see, but I think I've been on here for an hour, 20 minutes. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Y'all, if you like this video, like, I hate to end on that note, but anyway, let me in summation, Kanye West, this is a top five Kanye West interview. If not the best interview I've seen Kanye, because this is a new evolved Kanye where everybody can kind of get behind his ideas again. And everything that he talked about before kind of makes sense. A lot of things are lining up in major ways. And plus he's a billionaire. So people start listening to you when you when you talk that Billy talk. And he was talking about a T. So, and he said a T is a trillion. So he's got bigger ideas than most of us are. Yeah. It's getting interesting for Kanye, but this is just the beginning, man. You know, I know you say he thought maybe his life was in danger from this interview too, which I thought was an interesting point, but I, I, I like where he's put it out in this interview and where his mind was and how free he was. And like I said, I give a hundred percent of that credit to Nori being who he is. And he was a perfect person to get this this exclusive, and um, just because, based on his relationship with Kanye and based on um, you know the history um, they have together. So anyway, if you like this video, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, I'm gonna be dropping more videos coming up this week. I'm gonna be live some. I'm gonna start doing this more often, and uh, I'm going to. Uh, Oh, also, you can contribute to the show if you like what you heard. Dollar sign, Fawcett Media. You can follow me on IG, Fawcett Media. I don't do much over there right now. I'm beefing with Instagram. But uh, <laughs> it's a long story. And you can also join the Patreon. I'm working on getting the Patreon popping. Um, but you can be over there early, early access on the Patreon um, at patreon.com forward slash Fawcett Media. Once again... This is Frank Fawcett. Thank you for joining me. Catch you next time.